Hi, I'm producer Kevin. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you're blessed by this show, please subscribe or follow us on Spotify to stay up to date with all our latest podcasts. In this week's message by Tom Hughes, we continue our look at the statue of Daniel 2. Its feet are made of iron and clay with ten toes representing the ten kingdoms of the near future. Why are the feet made of iron and clay? What are these ten kingdoms of the near future? Let's find out. We are in Daniel chapter 2 and we are looking at the ten kings of Antichrist through Daniel's prophetic view. Now Daniel, remember, he had a dream. Or Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had a dream and uh, Daniel interpreted that dream. But as we look at Daniel chapter 2, we're going to get into some details tonight. Uh, Daniel gives us the first understanding of this subject regarding the ten kings of Antichrist and what the world is going to look like in the last days. Overall, regarding what the world is going to look at like in the last days, let me just give you a few things. Here's one. Uh, this says this. Russia, Iran, and Turkey say Syrian Constitution Committee is ready. Have you heard about this? Doesn't that look interesting? Russia, Iran, and Turkey. Where have I read about those three nations in Bible prophecy? You better believe it. It's been Russia and Iran for quite some time. Turkey's been like, we don't want to do it, we don't want to do it, we don't want it. Well, now they're all in. Listen to this. The leaders of Turkey, Russia, and Iran announced that on Monday that an agreement has been finally reached on the composition of a committee tasked with rewriting Syria's constitution as part of a political solution to the country's civil war. Now in the, its ninth year, nine years that civil war has been going on in Syria. Wow. Turkish, I remember when David Hawking was here on a Sunday night, and he said, I remember him saying um, that it is going to be really difficult to get rid of Assad in Syria, and you know what, he's still hanging around. Hawking was right. Uh, Turkish President Erdogan told journalists at the end of the meeting with Russia's Putin and Iran's Rouhani in the Turkish capital of Ankara that differences on one last committee member has been overcome, paving the way for the committee to start working as soon as possible. Quoting, we portrayed a constructive and flexible attitude determined constitutional committee members and rules of procedure. We made an effort for the political process to move forward. In short, hitches regarding the establishment of the committee were eliminated by our mutual efforts. I just find it so fascinating because the Bible told us this is one of the, the, the events of the last days, Russia, Iran, and Turkey are going to invade Israel, launch a war against Israel from the northern border of Israel where Syria happens to be. And there they are forming an alliance. These countries have never gotten along in the history of the world before. Understand how incredible this prof the prophecies are of Ezekiel. Ezekiel gave us some exact things. He talked about Gog, a.k.a. Russia, being a guard for the troops that would be assembling against Israel. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 7, you'll be a guard for them. That's exactly what Russia is. They are a guard for Iran and Hezbollah and all the troops that are gathering up there in the area of Syria. Uh, you talk, uh, talked about the mountains of Israel. Israel being back to, gathered back together as a nation. And, and Ezekiel gets specifics on that. And then the specific countries. Understand the dynamics of this. Don Stewart and I were talking a while back on his channel program, and he asked me, he said, give me some of the chances of something like this happening. And I said, it's like this, like 
uh, you predicting the World Series uh, before baseball even existed. But you didn't just pre predict the World Series. This is how incredible this is with Ezekiel's prophecy. You didn't just predict the World Series. You predict who the players were going to be in the World Series in 2050, and you did this back in 1750. And you predicted the players, you predicted the names of the teams, you predicted how many games each of the, uh, or how many games the series was going to go, you predicted what the scores were going to be, you predicted who the, uh, who the ultimate winner was going to be, you predicted who was going to be pitching, you predicted who was going to be starting, you predicted the different players in the different games before the game even existed. This is the, like the chances of Ezekiel being able to prophesy these things with these nations. And now I just read an article to you recently where Russia has entered into an agreement with Sudan to, to be of military support for Sudan. You look at this, Sudan is also one of the players that comes against Ezekiel. You look at that and you go, wow. And that is just one of the 800 prophecies that the Bible gives us regarding the second coming of Christ. Daniel has prophecies regarding the ten kingdoms that are coming. But what else do we have? Explosion hits Russia's largest virus lab, which houses plague, smallpox, Ebola, and other deadly viruses. How many of you heard about this? This is a problem, do you think? We don't hear about it anywhere. We hear about, in fact, we don't hear a lot about viruses on regular news, do we? And pestilence and that, but the CDC and the and uh, the World Health Organization keeps reporting on these things, uh, Ebola and these different pestilences and problems that are, uh, that are developing throughout the entire world, including the United States. And you don't hear anything about it on mainstream media, not just CNN, but also on Fox News. You don't hear any of these things. And then you read that and you go, well, why haven't we heard about this? Huh? But, remember, pestilence, another one of the signs of the, that point to the second coming of Christ. There would be an explosion of, of a pestilence. Um, San Diego State University normalizes pedophilia as a sexual orientation. Now, you, how many of you heard this? A few of you, you read that. See, you look at this and you go, I think it was one particular professor there, if I remember correctly, um, you look, you go, okay, this is just the direction that everything is going in this world. We live in a world that has gone nuts. We live in a world where right is wrong and wrong is right. Bad is good, good is bad. Uh, I was at a conference yesterday with James Cadiz in San Diego, and we were just talking about the reality that what is coming, and you might not like to hear this, is that it's coming unless the rapture happens first. The persecution against Christians is going to become severe um, and then after it passes then it's going to really turn up the heat against the jewish people by the way but you look at it and you can see what's going on so this is normal so you push back against that you're going what guess who becomes the hater you will be labeled a hater in that in fact james even brought it up at the conference he said um, right now if you come against the narrative you're labeled a hater, you're labeled a bigot, you're, la you're, you're labeled a racist, all these different things. What is strange is um, there are, there's black people that are labeled as racists also because they are just not going along with the narrative. And you look at this and you go, this stuff is absolutely nuts. It's whatever label 
can be given to demonize people who are not going along with this narrative. Why do we have this narrative? There, there's, there's, there's a voice that's driving this, which we'll get at. There's a voice, and the world is going along with this voice. Um, then there's this. I thought this was rather fitting. The route to hell is open again in Northern California. Yes, it, it is. Okay, you got to hear this, right? So there's a hiking trail. Some of you may have heard of it. While theologians might argue it's never closed, we're being a little more literal here. The main trail to Bumpus Hell is open after being closed for the last two years. The one-and-a-half-mile path to the geothermal basin was first constructed in 1935 by the Depression-era Civilian Conservation Corps. So this is the Bumpus Hell in the Lassen, Vol Lassen Volcanic National Park. Um, the trek, this gets this just interesting. It's almost like you, you think I'm reading the Babylon Bee, but I'm not. The trek is the most popular in the park, and as you might expect, most popular in the park. You start reading this, the 84-year-old trail suffered from the affection. So the trail was closed down in late 2017 for renovation. That included construction of some impressive retaining walls backfilled with gravel and crushed rock. Okay. So it's uh, the most popular place in the park. Um, the new trail is wider, wide enough for traffic to pass in both directions in many places. I read that, and I said, Jesus said the road to hell is wide, is broad. And I'm, I'm reading this, I'm thinking, the walk seems much easier than it used to be, too. I'm thinking, is this really not the Babylon Bee? This is a real article. This is a quote. It's the most popular hike in the park. We wanted to make it available for more people. So I'm looking at this and I go, well, that's, the whole thing is just rather fitting. And it's not even the Babylon Bee that reported it. It was a legitimate article. And uh, man, if you look at these things, and uh, I cannot help but think of a lot of the things, most of the things that we look at right now that are taking place in this world, are going to this exact place, the ten kings of the Antichrist. Uh, Daniel looks at this dream of Nebuchadnezzar, and he's able to label it as the ten toes. So let's just think about this, where we've been. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, has a dream. Um, he uh, is a smart king, powerful king. He wants to know what the interpretation of the dream is, but he knows his own his own uh, psychics can't actually, he doesn't trust them. So he says, if, if you can tell me what my dream was, and then tell me the interpretation, then I know I can trust you. And they weren't able to do that. But Daniel is the one who was able to do it because God in heaven revealed, the, revealed secrets to those who are his servants. So the God of heaven, Daniel says, has revealed your dream to me, Nebuchadnezzar, and he's also revealed to me what the interpretation of the dream is. What, what Nebuchadnezzar dreamed about was this statue. Uh, the head was gold, which Daniel interpreted. That's you, that's Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. You're the head of gold. There's going to be a kingdom that's going to come after you. It's silver in your dream. So he has, again, he has this, this, this dream, head of gold, silver, bronze, um, thighs, and belly. Uh, then you have the legs of iron, which are Rome. And then there's, there's a coming kingdom. It's feet with toes that is uh, iron mixed with clay. And then ultimately, there's after all of this is going to come this great big stone that is going to crush all of the world 
Empire. So uh, with that as the basics, uh, look again, and then we're going to get into some more details, and I'm going to break down this last one. What I really want to get at tonight is those feet at the bottom, because that is the place this world is rapidly going. Daniel chapter uh, 2, beginning in verse 37, you, O king, are the, a, a king of kings. In other words, king of Babylon, you're awesome. Not as awesome as God, but as far as this world goes, you're a king of kings. Not the king of kings, a king of kings. Jesus is the king of kings. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory, verse 38, and wherever the children of men dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of heaven, he has given them into your hand, and he has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. But after you, verse 39, shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours, and then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And then the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron. This is the, the legs that you see on the, on the picture. Inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything, and, and like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. Whereas you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay, partly of iron. The kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of these kings... The God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. Nebuchadnezzar, I want you to know, this is how it's all going to go down. And you want to know something? Daniel's interpretation of the dream of Nebuchadnezzar has been exact. Follow this dream. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, was the head of gold. His kingdom came to an end. And then you have the next empire, Alexander the Great. We briefly looked at that next time. Uh, the kingdom of silver, uh, or, or um, excuse me, not Greece. Uh, silver, the Medo-Persian Empire. We looked at that last time. After that, then you have the bronze empire of Alexander the Great. Uh, the belly and the thighs of bronze. We looked at a few of those things last week. Uh, and then we have the kingdom that came after the Greek empire. It is the Roman kingdom, uh, the Roman Empire with the iron legs. Uh, all of these things were written apart from the head of gold while Nebuchadnezzar was still alive. All of these things were written before they even happened. Yet all of them were fulfilled in detail. In fact, Daniel later on in the book of Daniel gives exact things regarding the empire of Alexander the Great. And you start to look at these things and you go, how could this be? 
many people will say, well, this is all just allegorical, but it's not. This is written before it even came to pass. It was fulfilled exactly as said. Okay, now here's the deal. We looked at the gold, the silver, the bronze um, last week. I'm not going to get into those details until we get to the rest of the chapters of, of Daniel because they come back into play. Um, I did tell you last time that we are either going to look at the two legs of Rome, uh, which represent the Western Empire of Rome being with the capital in uh, Rome, and the Eastern leg having its capital in Constantinople. Uh, now we think of Constantinople being replaced by Istanbul. But um, did the Antichrist, will he rise out of, excuse me, the Western leg of the Roman Empire out of Rome, or will he rise out of the East? As I said, we're going to talk about that tonight, or the kingdom of the ten toes. So you figured it out. We'll talk about the two legs of the Roman Empire next week and where the Antichrist rises out of. But right now I want to talk about the ten kings that are uh, coming with the Antichrist that's going to sit on the top and the statue that Daniel has with the feet in uh, regarding the ten toes. So, so look at this again, 40, verse 41. Whereas you saw the feet and the toes, partly of potter's clay, partly of iron, the kingdom, this kingdom that's coming, shall be divided, and yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong, partly fragile. Okay? As you saw iron mixed with clay, they will mingle with the seed of men but they will not adhere to one another just as iron does not mix with clay. So let's just stop and think about this for a minute. Verse 43 has this very interesting phrase. You have these toes, these ten kings that are coming uh, and, and that are represented by the ten toes, and you look at this and you go, well, this is quite strange. There's this kingdom that's coming. It's going to have these ten leaders but verse 43 says, as you saw the iron mixed with clay, they will mingle with the seed of men. What does it mean, mingle with the seed of men? A, a lot of friends of mine who teach Bible prophecy will go into the place of, um, of the Nephilim and say, you know, this is what this is, is these demonic creatures that come in here and, and uh, get involved with, with people and procreate these strange beings. I have a lot of friends that teach that and uh, go down that path. I find this interesting just in light of my friends who say that. Um, uh, found this article the other day. AI expert, artificial intelligence expert, says we are summoning robot entities who will treat us like ants. Listen to this. AI ex expert, uh, Gerudi Rose, says that tech developers are summoning entities into existence which will have the same indifference to humans as we have toward ants. They're not going to be like us. They're going to be aliens. They're going to be way smarter than every person in this room in ways that we cannot even comprehend. He then mentioned Elon Musk's concerns about artificial intelligence taking over humanity, but cautioned that the word demons doesn't even capture the true scope of what will happen. Rose then cited H.P. Lovecraft's concept of cosmic indifference where the universe is occupied by entities who don't... I, I can't say the next word because it's not right in church. I give a care about you even in the slightest. The same way that you don't care about an ant is the same way they're not going to care about you, he said. He went on to say, 
that these things we're summoning into the world right now are more like Lovecrafting. Again, that's from H.P. Lovecraft's uh, Cosmic uh, Horror. Um, they're entities that are not necessarily going to be aligned with what we want. He said that this massive transformation was happening in the background while people were distracted, bickering about politics. goes on and says, as we have exhaustively explained, the elite, I want you to keep that in mind, the elite plans to fuse with AI to create the singularity while the masses will be left behind as a slave class, according to some, ex uh, and even will be exterminated completely. So you look at this, you look at technology, and they got this thing out in the desert that's done every year, Burning Man, and where you read about the spiritual side of it, it sounds like they're summoning in these demons, but also with the electronic side, you start looking at this and what this report says, and you start thinking, man, this is just crazy, some of these things that are... Um, that that we read about and as he says summoning in these demons so is that what is going on here um i don't know i i'm gonna i'm gonna take this in an area and help us to go with what we can know just to stick with the bible for what we can know and if you want to go look at those other things uh go for it but i can tell you this much this kingdom of ten kings that the Bible prophesies about beginning here in Daniel with ten toes is a kingdom that is going to happen and ultimately is going to become the kingdom of the Antichrist. How close are we? Um, I can't tell you the day or the hour, but I can tell you it looks like we are really, really close. I'm hoping that we can determine uh, why these things are going on in the world, some of the things that we are watching in a time when there's absolute perplexity. Uh, the Bible talks, in fact, when Paul wrote about the last days, he said perilous times will come. Jesus talked in, in Luke chapter 21, he said it'll be a time when the world is perplexed. It's like, what are we going to do about all these problems that we have that are going on in this world? You look at what's happening, and if you didn't have the Bible to guide you, your head could be all over the place. And you'd finally just give up and say, I don't want to know. In fact, there's a lot of well-meaning Christians that say, I don't want to know about Bible prophecy. There's a lot of uh, pastors, in fact, a huge amount of pastors uh, that don't want to deal with Bible prophecy at all. They'll say, well, you can't understand it. Um, it's not for us to know. All this prophecy stuff is just allegorical. Uh, listen, it's not allegorical. Daniel's statue is very clear. People say that's just allegorical. How do you explain the statue, the head of gold with Babylon, and then the next empire, the Medo-Persian empire, and the Greek empire, the Roman empire? How do you, under, how do you, how do you explain all of those things? How could Daniel have known those things uh, hundreds of years in the, uh, bef before the Roman empire came into his power? How could he have known that? So when you look at those things, if those things are true, then you better believe that the, the prophecy of the coming feet of clay with the toes is also true. And, and, and people will say, well, if God really wanted us to understand it, he would make it easier to understand. You know what I say about that? That's a bunch of hogwash. Here's why. You might recall in the Gospels where Jesus is talking with his disciples alone and uh, he, had been, he had been giving parables, and his disciples asked him, why do you speak in parables all the time? You know what he said? It's because so they won't understand. Basically, you don't cast pearl before swine. They don't love me. They don't care about me. They've completely rejected me. They don't want me. They're gonna, not going to want to know the truth. But I speak in parables 
Because you will, you do want to know the truth, and you will seek out the truth of what these things are that I mean in the New Testament regarding life now and spiritual life through the parables. Prophecy works the exact same way. When you look at Bible prophecy, even with the book of Daniel, Daniel is told, uh, is told in Daniel chapter 12, Daniel wanted to understand these things. The angel told him, Daniel, it's not for you to understand. Seal up these words until the time of the end. It's for them to understand. In the same tap, chapter, you've heard this before from me, in Daniel chapter 12, Daniel is told by the same angel, look, Daniel, when you come to the time of the end, the wicked will see what is going on. This is going to be a time of perplexity, a perilous time. The wicked will see what is going on. They will not understand, and they will continue in their wickedness, meaning they will only increase in their wickedness and they're not going to get what's going on and they're going they're, they're going to know there's something weird going on they're not going to pay attention but then the very next verse the angel tells daniel this however the wise will see what is going on and the wise will understand why did the angel tell him that because the wise will be looking at the book they're going to want to know what is the truth just like the disciples with the parables for those who know the Lord and really want to know what in the world is going on, you pick up your Bible and you can start to make sense of these things and you realize, wow, these things aren't allegorical. I really can make sense of them. In fact, all of the prophecies of the past, every single one of the biblical prophecies have been fulfilled. You know what the accuracy is on every one of them? 100%. Not one single prophecy was fulfilled regarding ancient nations that are prophesied about or the birth of Christ that was prophesied about. A hundred and five prophecies regarding the birth of Christ. And every single one of them was fulfilled. And the prophecies regarding the statue, fulfilled. And the prophecies regarding the feet, iron mixed with clay, will be fulfilled. In fact, regarding this particular dream, that the king of Babylon had, and he says, can somebody tell me the dream and the interpretation of my dream? Daniel says this in chapter 2, verse 28, I can't do it, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. In the book of Deuteronomy, the Bible says uh, that God knows the secret things, but it's up to kings to discover what they are, to search them out. God has given us these things. We're sons and daughters of the king of kings. We're part of the royal family. It is our responsibility as his children to pursue these things and search them out and to be like Daniel 12 says, to be the wise who do understand. In fact, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, when they asked him, tell us the sign of your coming and the end of the age, he listed many signs, you know that, right? All of the discourse, Matthew chapter 24, let me go back to it. He said this, therefore, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. This is a prophecy specifically to the Jewish people in Jerusalem during the tribulation period. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place. We haven't gotten to those chapters yet, by the way. When you see the abomination of spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, the Bible then goes on to say, in that passage, in parentheses, whoever reads, let him understand. Why would, the, why would God say, I want you to read it? I want you to understand it? I want you to get it? If he didn't want us to get it. 
He wants us to search it out. He expects us to search it out. The same way he expects us to search out the parables, he expects us to search out Bible prophecy. The wise will look at this world and go, what in the world is going on? I tell you what I'll do. I'll look at my Bible and I'll let the Bible show me. So that's what we do. David Jeremiah says about this, he goes, when I read the daily newspaper, I puzzle many times about the actions of man. Why are some acquitted of a heinous crime and others sentenced to years in prison for minor infractions of the law? How can some musicians pack auditoriums with their ear-splitting sound <laughs> while true artists play for afternoon concerts school children attend on a field day? I don't understand politicians who promise tax cuts and raise taxes. Hello. People who have children and abuse them, honor roll students who drink themselves into a stupor. I don't even try to understand women who shop with no intention to buy. Or teenagers who can talk for an hour on the phone without taking a breath. But God said we could understand prophecy. Does it matter to us what the king dreamed, think of this king, 2,500 years ago? Jesus told his disciples to pay attention to the words of Daniel the prophet, so we best pay attention, and whoever reads, let him understand. Right? So what can we know, again, of this final world empire of Antichrist, right? the one that's coming, it's just, just feet with the toes. Um, this kingdom is of the revived Roman Empire. We looked at it last time, Daniel chapter 9. Um, this is, uh, the Bible tells us, that the people who destroyed the city... 70 AD, out of those same people is going to come the Antichrist. We're going to give those more, more details next week with the East and the West Roman Empire. So we know there's a revived Roman Empire because of Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. We also know there's a revived Roman Empire here because verse 41, 42, and 43. You have the legs of iron, and then a kingdom that's still coming, hasn't come yet, is this kingdom with the, uh, of the feet with iron that is mixed with clay see it up here on the screen there it is the last great world empire was the roman empire the iron and clay is still coming okay number two this kingdom will be partly strong and partly weak we've talked a little bit about that let's think a little bit more about it um it, this partly strong and partly weak pretty much describes the entire western world as we currently know it you look at what's going on in Europe, you look at the problems they've got in Germany, you look at uh, the whole Brexit situation, you look at the problems they got in France, you just, you just look at all of Europe, and then you look at the United States, and uh, you, you think, man, what a mess uh, this world is, isn't it? Again, we have leaders of the world that are looking with perplexity, they're all fighting with each other, but really you can break it down to the globalists versus um, those the nationalists you know those are no, no no we don't want to be part of this whole global system um and then here in verse 43 we're told that these are going to mingle with men so some say uh again you have nephilim you've got artificial intelligence you have demons involved uh some people say the whole thing with iron and clay is really just speaking of a messed up democracy uh, ray steadman notes that this is a prophecy here regarding both the Roman Empire of old and the revived Roman Empire that is partly strong and partly weak. And he said that is exactly what the Western world has today. For example, he notes this. 
thinking, again, you have legs of iron and then the feet of iron and clay. So you got part of the Roman Empire in there, right? He says, for example, uh, we have a U.S. Senate, which was copied from the Roman Senate. The United States is a republic based upon the Republic of Rome. Our courts, laws, and military all reflect the Roman Empire. Note this too, as the Roman Empire crumbled from within, it appears our crumbling from within is taking place. I, I, you think about this country. This is absolutely nuts what is happening. I was watching the news the other day. I said, okay, I, I, I tend to go to YouTube and I, watch, I pick what I want to watch now or Netflix or something like that because it's way safer. I don't care what you say. It just is. I can pick. I can choose. Um, but I decided, okay, I'm just going to watch the news. Oh, man. I, and I, you know, sometimes I got to talk about this stuff too. But within 10 minutes, I was just, oh, just, oh, oh, oh. I mean, it felt like you're just getting punched and you're getting angry and going, how can people be so stupid? Yet 2 Thessalonians, God says in the last days, I'm going to send them strong delusion because they're, and they're going to believe the lie because they would not receive the love of the truth. They didn't want to know this. So God says there are going to be a whole bunch of people that are deluded. And you look, you go, how else can you describe our Congress? Apparently, I don't have to say much more than that. Um, note this, the final world empire will not be a, a strong kingdom. Partly strong, partly weak. Small kingdom, it's just the feet, it's also mingled with clay. Babylon, uh, Persia, Greece, and Rome all lasted for many years, um, even into centuries. But this last kingdom, uh, iron is going to be violent, feet, it's going to trample, it's going to be bad, it's going to be very, very bad, but it's going to be mixed with clay, it's going to be fragile, it's going to break easy. This final kingdom is only going to last seven years. Praise God for that. Um, think on this, in the 1700s, when the 13 colonies were still a part of England, Professor Alexander Tyler wrote about the fall of the Athenian Republic over a thousand years ago, and he said this. This is fascinating. He said, a democracy cannot exist as a permanent form of government. It can only exist until the voters discover that they can vote themselves money from the, from the public treasure. Can you say entitlements? You say California? Yeah, so the politicians know that. Why do you think these politicians are out there going, I'll take care of all your medical bills, I'll pay off all your student loans, I'll pay off every debt you've ever had, uh, you'll have free food, you'll have free everything. Right there. Look at this. He went on and said, from that moment on, the majority always votes for the candidates promising the most money from the public treasury. These people running... Some of them aren't smart, but some of them are, some of them are smart. They, they understand this. Uh, promising the most money from the public treasury with the result that democracy always collapses over loose fiscal policy followed by a dictatorship. Hello. You can see which direction this is going. Number three, the final world empire of the Antichrist. This kingdom will have ten kings. Um... This helps us to understand what in the world is going on. It helps us to understand the direction that this world is going and 
I also want you to understand this. I do not win the rap, know the, when the rapture is going to take place, all right? But I want you to be prepared because we could wake up in three weeks and find out this whole world has changed and all of a sudden we have this kingdom of ten, this world of ten kings. I want you to be prepared. The Bible told us this is the direction it's going to go. It's going to go to this new world order. It's going to be a time of globalism. Uh, in verse 44 it says, in the days of these kings. Look at this. Uh, so it's talking about, again, as you saw, iron mixed with uh, ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. So we can already tell you have this, uh, the toes are now suddenly called kings here. Interesting. This isn't the only place that they are called kings. This isn't the only place uh, that uh, we figure the number is 10. In fact, the Bible doesn't say here that there are 10 toes. It just says toes. The assumption is there's five toes on each foot. How do we know that? In 1 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 6, when there were the giants of Gath who didn't have five toes on each foot, the Bible is clear. They have six toes on each foot and six digits on each hand. So the Bible tells us these things. Plus, these are, ten, these are kings. And we know the number is ten because Revelation chapter 12 gives us the prophecy about the ten horns. Revelation chapter 13, the prophecy of the ten horns. Revelation chapter 17, verse 3, prophecy of the ten horns. Revelation chapter 17, verse 7, the prophecy of the ten horns. Why do I say the ten horns and these ten toes and the ten king or the kings of uh, verse um, 44 are the same thing? Check this out. Revelation chapter 17, verse 12 tells us. John gets the interpretation of the ten horns that he saw. What does it say? The ten horns which he saw are ten kings. Look at that. Who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. And then the Bible goes on and tells us that these ten kings give their power and authority to the Antichrist. He, uh, so it's a globalist system. The world broken up into ten kingdoms, and the Antichrist ultimately is going to be, he's going to be uh, deputized. You are the king of all the world. You're the king of all of us. In fact, check this out. Daniel chapter 7. I'll make this quick. Oh, it's almost barbecue time. Are you guys okay if we just go a few more minutes? I say this every week, don't I? Okay. Daniel chapter 7. Uh, let me see where should I start. Let me start verse 7. After this, Daniel says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong, had huge iron teeth. This is the Roman Empire, the past Roman Empire. Huge uh, iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It, it was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Excuse me, this is the kingdom that's coming. It had ten horns. This is the kingdom of the last days. Here it has ten horns. Revelation, there's ten horns. Ten horns and ten kings. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out of the roots, uh, out by the roots, and there in this horn were the eyes like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking pompous words. As you go on to read this, you're able to figure out, okay, these horns are the same 
ten horns, which are the same ten kings of the uh, book of Revelation, chapter 17, and you have the Antichrist, who's this little horn that comes up, and we'll get, when we get to chapter 7, we'll see this in detail, it the uproots three of these world leaders, or these leaders that rise out of Europe, but it's absolutely fascinating. And then you go back to Daniel chapter 2 and you realize, wait a minute, you got the toes, you got these toes that are called kings. In the days of these kings, you look at the feet, these feet are ten toes. Um, Ten kings. Uh, Now think of this. This map has been around for a long time. How many of you have seen this map before? It's been around since the 1800s. The globalist vision of dividing the world into... um, Uh, these 10 different regions. I've been teaching Bible prophecy for over 25 years, and I used to believe that it was going to be 10 leaders coming up strictly out of Europe that are going to be these 10 kings or 10 toes or 10 horns, strictly out of Europe. The Antichrist is going to rule over them. I I tend to believe what uh, J. Vernon McGee said some years ago. The world's going to be divided into 10 kingdoms, and each one of these kings are going to be overseeing a particular area, and they're going to give their power and authority to the beast. They're going to have trouble with China, there's no doubt about that, but the world is going to be divided up into 10, king, uh, ten different kingdoms. How are we going to get there? I'm going to show you how we're going to get there. How much more time do I have, seriously? All right, I'm going to have to. All right, check this out. New York City says 1.1 million students can skip school for climate strike protests. How many of you have heard about this? Okay, a lot of you. So there's been these climate strike protests that happened the other day all over the country. Do you know that? For students to protest. It's getting crazy. School districts are debating what position to take after New York City announced that kids could uh, skip school on this day. Why it matters. Per the Times, this is a test of the movement's impact by causing disruptions and getting noticed by political leaders who were in New York City for the United Nations Climate Action Summit. You look at that and you go, okay, uh, I, um, Agenda 2030, which many of you probably have heard of, is a UN agenda, and in it are climate change laws. And those climate change laws, I believe, are going to be the tool that's going to be used to control the masses of people. Because you read about them in Agenda 2030, and you find out that the UN wants to tell you where you can and cannot live, where you can and cannot work, what you can buy, what you can sell, everything that you read about in the Bible when you look at the last days. Very similar to the social credit system that's happening in China. And you look at this, but the target is 2030. That's what, uh, 10, 11 years away from now? You look at that, that's the goal to bring it this, but bring you climate change laws. Know this, Romans chapter 1 the Bible says in the last, or, or talks about, excuse me, not in the last days, it talks about a generation when the people will worship the creation rather than the creator. They flip the God thing around. Creation becomes first. Climate change laws to dictate, it's not the Ten Commandments of the Bible, it's climate change laws. You see how the shift is taking? And if you don't comply, right now you're a bad person. Look at how the media treats people who don't comply with this. Then you go this, right? Globalist Pope Francis calls for new supranational authorities that uh, would, uh, to rule, excuse me, this, this title's kind of messed up, to, to rule countries and enforce UN goals. Check this out. Pope Francis made a strong push for globalism, calling for the supranational, legally constituted body to enforce UN sustainable development goals and implement climate change policies. The Pope said, when a supranational common good is clearly identified, 
common good, better for the whole world, right? You get that? Okay. Uh, when a supranational common good is clearly identified, there is need for special legally constituted authority capable of facilitating its implementation. There's this. This is just the other day. Pope urges world leaders to sign global pact for new humanism. How many of you heard about this one? The Vatican just said days ago, the Pope confirmed in a video message, a global educational pact is needed to educate us in a universal solidarity and new humanism. That is a quote. Vatican-backed website launched to promote the pact added, educating young people in fraternity, in learning to overcome divisions and conflicts, promote hospitality, justice, and peace. It goes on, I'll quote, this will result in men and women who are open, responsible, prepared to listen, dialogue, and reflect with others, and capable of weaving relationships with families between generations with civil society, and thus create a new humanism. This is the direction that this is going, all right? The, the, um, uh, when you look at the ten kings of Revelation, okay, you have ten horns, ten toes, they're kings, Daniel chapter 2, ten horns, uh, Daniel 7, Revelation chapter 17. When you look at the description of them, how I look at them, in Revelation chapter 17, and the various places you find them in the Bible, it totally strikes me as not necessarily people who are elected to power, but ten elitists who are controlling things, and you see the direction that everything is going. Let me ask you this. What, does it not seem strange to you that you, you look at this, th there's this narrative that's out there, all the media seems to be going this direction. All of Hollywood seems to be going this direction. Half of the politicians in the Western world, Europe and America, seem to be going this direction. In fact, if you're against these things in Hollywood, you're ostracized. You're, you're just labeled. It's just bad news for you. But you look, why is everybody buying into this when you look at it and go, it's so much of this seems so foolish. And you can see the direction of it. I have my Bible and there's even churches that say, don't pay attention to this stuff, they call it. What a waste of time. And, and you see the direction of all these things and the direction that they are going. And uh, I cannot help but think that Jesus must be coming soon. The ultimate time clock, as you know, I've got to wrap things up. The ultimate time clock is the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. You and I are watching as anti-Semitism is increasing. And Jerusalem, this city, is becoming this, this target of the world, right? Zechariah chapter 12, you've heard it before, tells us this. God's prophecies will all be fulfilled exactly. These ten kingdoms, it's going to be fulfilled. This globalism, this new world order, it's all going this way. Uh, but regarding Jerusalem, this is the time clock. This is how you can tell how hot things are going on the prophetic the thermometer is really hot. It's about ready to get even hotter. It shall come to pass <coughs> in that day, last days, that I will make, God says, Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces. 
though all the nations of the earth are gathered against it. You look right now, right now there's this time of favor between the United States and Israel. Um, that door, I promise you, will close. Um, I love going to Israel. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to go to Israel. Um, but that door is going to close. Uh, eventually, Netanyahu, who's president, I, prime minister, I don't know if he's going to be gone or not, still waiting to hear the news on that. But I do know this, Isaiah chapter 28 talks about the time when Jerusalem's going to be run by wicked rulers and they're going to enter into a covenant with Shul, a covenant with the devil and death himself to avoid a scourge that's coming against them. Netanyahu's going to be gone. The favor that the Trump administration right now shows towards Israel is going to be, that's going to be gone too. And, and um, I was asked this question yesterday in the, in the Q&A we had at this men's conference about Trump and in Israel, and this, it's kind of a strange thing, because on the one hand, he blesses Israel. On the other hand, he's trying to enter into a covenant with Jerusalem and divide the land. And Joel chapter 3 says, anybody who divides the land, that nation's going to be judged. So you've got this strange thing going on with Trump. Nevertheless, it is what it is. But I do know this. Here in, in, uh, in Daniel's prophecy, Daniel chapter 2, ultimately, there's the, you know what the ultimate new world order is? There's a stone that's cut without hands. It comes down and it crushes the whole statue. You know what the ultimate new world order is? That is the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes back and he rules and reigns from Jerusalem and he crushes that kingdom and all of man's kingdom, kingdoms and then we enter into the millennial kingdom. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you for this time. We pray. Lord, help us. I know there's a lot here, Lord. Help us to Understand, your prophetic word is absolutely 100% true. All the prophecies have been fulfilled exactly as your word tells us. We'd be foolish to think that these final prophecies are just allegorical, that they just don't matter, that they're not going to be fulfilled. Lord, they are. They're coming. We can, see it. we can see it in your Bible. We can see what the headlines are saying, and even the headlines are shouting to us that this is all coming to an end. Uh, Lord, we praise you. We love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.